Well, good morning, and uh, thank you for being here, and thanks to all the kids workers who enable uh, the kids to be able to, to go out and to, to uh, be instructed um, in age-appropriate ways. Um, thank you for the appropriate joke at the end of the... Where, where's Debbie going with this? Uh, this morning we're going to be turning to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you have your Bibles, or maybe you have a device that you point uh, to the words of Scripture, I invite you to do so. We've been diving into what I'm calling our annual theme through the month of January. Um, you might be getting sick of it, um, and yet we're going to hear about it all year long, but January we have a special emphasis on what it means uh, to become one. What would it look like for the, the body of Christ in this place to to dive in and to become one in um, greater measure each day, every week as we gather. Um, and so uh, I'm excited to d- dive into today's text, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verse 12. Um, if you're able, out of uh, reverence for the Word of God and the reading of that Word, would you stand? I invite you to stand today. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm going to start at verse 12 um, and read through verse 27, reading today from the Common English Bible. Christ is just like the human body. A body is a a unit and has many parts, and all the parts of the body are one body, even though they are many. We were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jew or Greek or slave or free, and and we all were given one spirit to drink. Certainly the body isn't one part, but many. If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, does that mean it's not part of the body? If the ear says, uh, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye. Does that mean it's not part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, what would happen to the hearing? And if the whole body were an ear, what would happen to the sense of smell? But as it is, God has placed each one of the parts of the body just like he wanted. If all were one and the same body part, what would happen to the body? But as it is, there are many parts but one body. So the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. Or in turn, the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Instead, the parts of the body that people think are the weakest are the most necessary. The parts of the body that we think are less honorable are the ones we honor the most. The private parts of our body that aren't presentable are the ones that are given the most dignity. The parts of our body that are presentable don't need, uh, don't need this. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the part with less honor, so that there won't be division in the body. And so the parts might have mutual concern for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part gets the glory, all the parts celebrate with it. You are the body of Christ and parts of each other. The word of God given to us, people of God. Thanks be to God. Please have a seat. Have you ever got a case of uh, the grass is greener? Have you, ever, have you ever peered over the fence and thought, eh, that's a little greener over there. I, I have this problem from time to time. I don't know about, I don't know about for you. I, I heard some, some, uh, some echoing of agreement when I, when I asked that question. So, um, uh, but for me, I, I can fall into this trap. Uh, I do. It's not a good habit to have. Uh, I've tried to do it less than I used to. Uh, but sometimes I, I still slip into it. 
okay? I don't know what it is for you. We, we each have our own, our own areas. Um, uh, I see an, a, a nice, small little car. I think someday I'll get to get, someday I'll get to get my midlife crisis car. Um, I have seven kids. I have six at home. It's not happening anytime soon. Um, uh, I see a neighbor who's able somehow with magic and spells, I'm sure, to, to keep a nice, green, full, lush, healthy lawn. And I think, how do they do that? Um, or, or, or maybe you see that person. Maybe that person's um, on TV, or maybe that person's in your classroom, or you see them around town, and you think, I wonder what it's like to be them. Do you ever do this? I, I think we all, we all do this from time to time. We get, it, we get a case of, of the grass is greener uh, in our lives. I have a couple of theories about this phenomenon, this phenomenon of the grass is greener. Theory number one is simply this. I often lack the willingness to discipline myself and to sacrifice to the degree necessary to get the green grass that I want. Theory one is this. I often lack the willingness to discipline myself and to sacrifice to to the degree necessary to get the green grass I want. Uh, it's a little harsh. Uh, I'm saying it in my own, in first person about myself because it's a little strong. It's stated a little strong, but I think it's very true. When I think about some of what people my age have done, what they've accomplished in life, I, sometimes I'm just impressed. I'm floored with what, what they've done, the places they've gone, the work they've accomplished, the impact they've had upon this world. It's amazing. But sometimes I, I fool myself into thinking they, they kind of just fell into it. It just kind of happened for them. Uh, but they probably had to work. They probably had to sacrifice. They had to give up much in order to get that done, to, to get to that place. It doesn't just happen by accident. My second theory is this. Um, I, I get myself in trouble because I'm often comparing my private life to that person's public life. I get myself in trouble sometimes because I, I, I'm often comparing my private life to that person's public life. We all have a public life. Uh, uh, social media has kind of helped us with that, the Instagram life, right? Oh, the happy picture. Here we are, the happy family. Uh, we, we do family pictures from time to time. I think photographers are magicians <laughs> because I was there, and then I realized what happened during the photo shoot and uh, uh, what the what the what the young ones were up to during that time, and we get this freeze frame of a moment where everybody, by some magic uh, happenstance, was looking at the camera and had semi-presentable expressions upon, <laughs> upon their face. That's not real life. Instagram life is not real life. Facebook life is not real life. Um, some people don't have social media. They just walk around with their public life in public. It's so old school. Um, but the real issue comes when, when I don't do the work of reconciling those differences between my private life and their public life. You see, I, I live with all my own internal insecurities. We all have a few of those. It's, it's just reality. I live with my internal struggle. I know the pain that I experience every day. I know the grief that still lives with me from day to day. And when I get stuck in this grass is greener mentality, 
I lose my ability to think beyond what I see in that public arena in that person. I lose the ability to realize that we all have those dark and difficult places in our lives. Even the people that looks like, man, their grass is, is really green. But it is really dangerous. It can be very damaging, very unhealthy to let this grass is greener mentality kind of run rampant in our lives. We begin to live outside of ourselves, which is a dangerous place to be. This is a problem. Um, It's certainly a problem for us today. Um, And I think it was a problem for the church in Corinth, too, as you listen to the words of Paul. Now, now many of us have, have maybe heard this passage before. Um, I've heard it preached many times. The parts of the body, we're all different parts, and we make up one body. A lot of preachers that I've heard have used this text, have really emphasized what it means to, to come together, to be unified, to have unity in the body of Christ. For we are all one body. We are all led by one spirit. And that certainly exists in the passage. If you take a look um, at, at different parts of this scripture that I read. It says we, we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, that there's unity there. There are, there are many parts, but one body. God has put together the body so that there won't be division in the body. These are all quotes from what I, what I just read. I, I love this part. If one part suffers, then all parts suffer with it. Church, that's our job, just to let you know, to be aware and cognizant, and to see people, and to suffer with them when they suffer. Oh, and to celebrate with them when they rejoice. That is our function. That's our job. You are the body of Christ and parts of each other. And so it's clearly there. This this message of unity, this message of of coming together and being one body is, is clearly present in the text that we read. We're meant to exist together and to be together and there's this sense as as i've heard this passage preached that we are together the body of christ and meant to live and move and work in harmony with one another just as a body does (laughs) and that's a that's a good met i could i could just be done we could all we could all head home uh it's 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 a message that's been delivered by this passage often only there's one problem and that that's this I don't really think that's what Paul was speaking about when he wrote this passage. I don't think that's what Paul is teaching here in this text. I was, I was captured this week as I studied this text um, with, with a different message. That, that Even though this is what tends to capture our hearts and capture our minds when we read through this text, 1 Corinthians 12, likely Paul is saying something. Well, he is saying that. He's saying something at the exact same time, something completely different. And we'll get to that in just a moment. But I'm fascinated by this letter of Corinthians. Have any of you spent time in Corinthians reading through this book? I encourage you to do that in your own personal Bible reading time. Maybe you can maybe you can head through a couple of chapters this week. Um, we might camp out in these letters to, to the church in Corinth over portions of this year. Um, the church in Corinth had some reconciliation to work their way through. Uh, some work to be done. They, they, they weren't making the progress Paul thought they should be making. He had spent quite a bit of time there 
in, in, in the city of Corinth and with the church and establishing that church. Uh, and his po- pastor's heart just reaches out in this text. You can hear it as you read through the letter. Uh, he begins to offer wisdom and, and this heart of restoration for true, authentic, meaningful Christian community that marries well with our theme this year of becoming one body. So later this year, we, we might camp out in Corinthians and, and preach through the book a little, a little bit um, and, and listen to what Paul has to say, first to the church in Corinth, but then also to the church in Mount Home as we live together. But, but for now, as we look at this section of this letter, from, from verse 12 to verse 27, um, I found this, this, um, this commentator who wrote this section. His name's Gordon Fee. I want to read just a portion of what he wrote. Let me read this to you. Paul's primary concern with this imagery, talking about the, the members of the body uh, that are present in Corinth, is not that the body is one, even though it has many members, thus arguing for the need for unity despite their diversity. This will indeed become the concern of a later time in the church, but Paul's own concern is expressed in verse 14, that even though the body is indeed one, it does not in fact consist of one member, but of many, thus arguing for their need for diversity, since they are in fact one body. Just totally flips it on his head. It just totally, it totally takes what, what was meant and, and how we read, and, and we, we so often do this. We bring what we're going through in our experience to the text and kind of shape our understanding of what's being said based on what we go through. Um, and in this description, it, it really helps helped me to understand when we venture back through the text, open to the idea and reality that Paul is really celebrating the diversity of the body of believers. It changes the whole tone of the letter, the whole tone of the passage um, that we experience here in 1 Corinthians 12. Threaded together by the Spirit of God, Paul is dedicated to a rich celebration of all the ways in which we are different, ways in which we are unique, the ways in which we enrich one another as parts of the body of Christ. The Christian church is this beautiful mosaic of variety, a variety of custom, variety of culture, variety of thought, variety of color, Variety of practice, variety of expression. Uh, two thoughts here as I, as I consider this incredible mosaic of variety in the church. Uh, Pastor Val gave us, gave us permission today in worship to stand or to sit. What a practical way of celebrating the variety of the body of Christ. Some people prefer to stand. Some people prefer to raise their hands or a little more expressive in worship. Others, out of their true and genuine commitment, want to sing songs seated. And, or maybe it's more comfortable. Maybe the, the, the standing for long periods of time is a distraction. As the body of Christ, when we gather, please know that you have freedom. That variety is a good thing. That it's good when some of us stand and good when some of us sit. Because it's a celebration of variety. I hope in this place that you know and you understand and that you feel that freedom of worship. Um, 
I, I ask people to stand when we when we read the Word of God. If that's if that's a struggle for you, then uh, please know that no one's going to look at you sideways if you feel like you need to sit. It's okay. Why? Because we are one body, and because we celebrate the diversity that's present in this place. Um. Not everybody lives that way. Not everyone teaches that way. Um, <laughs> there's, we have a, a DVD player in our, we have this big 12-passenger van. If you've seen a small bus roll through the parking lot, that might be our vehicle. Um, in that small bus, we have, uh, we have a DVD player, um, and we are able to play the, the, the audio from the DVD player over the radio. It sends out a little radio signal. So we actually turn on the radio, um, and then play the, mu- the, the audio from the, from the movie. Um, I don't know what the station is, um, but it's already occupied on the airwaves in Mountain Home. It, when we, where we lived before, it wasn't. But the station that is on it is, is, has religious things talked about from time to time. And uh, I would turn on the, the, um, the radio, um, and there was somebody talking on there, um, and, and what I heard was somebody who was talking about the Bible and talking about how Christians read it wrong and they should all read it just like this person. And he was very um, demanding that, that his interpretation was right and that so many Christians over the years have got it wrong. And I was just turned off. I was turned off by that message that, that this person was so confident, so... Um, almost plucky in his opinion uh, that, that he had mastered the text. Folks, we don't go to the Bible to master it. We go to be mastered by the text. We let the text read us. We get shaped by Jesus in the midst of that interaction. And, and folks, we're not meant to be photocopies. Praise the Lord, we're not meant to be photocopies. I'm not you, you're not me. We don't, all, we don't need all of you to look or to think or to act just like me. And my wife in the back said, amen. Uh, and Paul is just laying into the Christian church about the beauty of variety and, like Fee said, the need for variety. And Paul, ever, ever with the examples... And ever with the metaphors, right? Paul, in his teaching, goes into this lengthy explanation about the parts of the body and their functions. He talks about the foot versus the hand. He talks about the eye versus the ear. The body works together so well, not in spite of, but because of the diversity that exists within it. I'm going to say, that was a good, that was a good line. I'm going to read that again. The body works together so well, not in spite of, but because of the diversity that exists within it. I mean, imagine driving a car without the use of, uh, of certain parts of your body, stepping on the accelerator without a foot, or flipping on your turn signal without your hands. Uh, it, it just doesn't, doesn't work that well. It would be rather comical, I think. We all need parts of the body, or excuse me, we need all the parts of the body of Christ that we have. There are no unworthy parts. There are no unplanned parts. There are no awkward, misfit parts. 
sometimes the church has made people feel that way. Uh, and that's not right. We know that's not right. That's not the biblical example that we're given here. We are stitched together to form the body. Our diversity is what gives us hope. It gives us strength. It gives us adaptability. As you, as you heard the Old Testament uh, reading from today from Isaiah, we hear the words of the prophet even understanding uh, his role, his uniqueness of his part to play in the unfolding story of God and, and for the work of the nation of Israel. Where are you? Where am I? How do we see ourselves in that light? Isaiah was convinced. He said, formed from the time I was in the womb of my mother, God has made me into the polished arrow for his work from the days he was in the womb. If we truly want to become one body, becoming one, then we have to acknowledge the only way we get there is through this celebration. The celebration of our our uniqueness, living through and into the, the, the unique folks that we are. Becoming one is not about forced uniformity. It is about a synchronization around the mind and spirit of Christ. Oh, and where does Paul take us right after he says these words in the book of Corinthians? Right after he talks about this beautiful diversity, he writes what's become known as the love chapter of the Bible. 1 Corinthians 13, let me show you a more excellent way. Love is patient. Love is kind. It keeps no record of wrong. In all of our uniqueness, in all of our diversity, the invitation of God and the expression to us of God's grace is universal. There's no better way to wrap up this service um, this morning than to share in the Eucharistic meal to share together, to come together to the table of the Lord. As I think about this ritual, as I think about what we, what we share when we come together in communion, all types of faith throughout the years, all the people who follow Christ's instructions have picked up and, and had their own expression of this beautiful and meaningful tradition of the Eucharist for Methodists, for Lutherans, Presbyterians, for Calvary, for Assembly of Gods, they all take time at the table of our Lord, remembering his sacrifice and saying we are one body at the Lord's table and we come to receive the grace of God. It's kind of like the family reunion for the Christian church. We're all invited, even the weird uncle and the cousin you can't remember their name or you didn't know you had the aunt that you can't really understand, except she used to pinch your cheeks when you were young. We're all there, invited by God, ready to receive the grace God offers, not in spite of our diversity or trying to hide our uniqueness, but by all receiving God's grace. We celebrate today as we come to the Lord's table all the parts of the body inviting each of us to come and celebrate. Um, those who are prepared to help serve this morning, I'm going to ask that you please come and, and take your places. The worship team is going to come and, and play some music as we uh, 
as we participate in the Eucharist this morning. In the Church of the Nazarene, we practice open communion. Uh, What that means is that if you are a follower of Christ, you are welcome to participate in this meal with us. Um, You don't have to be a member of our church. You just have to be open to living life with Christ, to following Jesus. Um, Here, we're going to set up three stations. There will be two in the front and one in the back. And when you're ready, and maybe you need to take some time, maybe you just want to pray in your seat for a, for a, a moment or two. When you're ready, approach one of the stations um, and, and go to, to anyone that is comfortable, maybe one that's further away, has more space, uh, and you want to go to that. When you come, you'll be given a piece of gluten-free bread. Just dip it in the cup and go ahead and eat. And if you're unable today to stand and move to those stations, Um, and wish to be served, just please raise a hand and one of our servers will be happy to serve you. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he gathered in an upper room with his disciples. And sharing the Passover meal, he broke from tradition. In the middle of the meal, he took bread and he broke it. And he offered it to them, just like we'll be offered the bread today. And he said, take and eat. This is my body which has been broken for you, as often as you do this, remember me. Later in the meal, he took the cup, and he said, this cup contains the wine that of the new covenant, my blood, which was shed for you, poured out for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you do this, as often as you participate in this custom, do so and remember me. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you today for who you are. Thank you for the the gift of the body of Christ in all of our unique ways, in all the ways that we uh, are different and, and have different customs and cultures, Father. What a beautiful thing it is to gather with brothers and sisters in our variety and celebrate that each week pray that you would make us into this synchronized body of Christ that is able to follow in in creative and imaginative ways your lead and follow the Spirit of God in our lives. So grateful for these people and as we worship, as we remember today the sacrifice that you made, may we receive the grace of this moment. May we remember you, the broken body and the shed blood of Christ, as we worship this morning. Amen. The table is set for all of us in our diversity. The invitation is given. Come and dine.
today that we unashamedly celebrate all the ways in which we are diverse. And with each new life we touch, we add to that diversity. We add another chair around the table, the Lord's table of the communion that we just celebrated this morning. Would you pray with me? Oh God, oh God, would you be with us? Would you set us free? free to love and free to care and free to open our arms, free to grieve with one another, free to, free to celebrate with one another. As a church family, God, we're so grateful for all the ways in which we get to support one another and get to care for one another in the body of Christ. We love you today. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this chance to worship and the chance to be called again together into one spirit. Bring us together in that way, we pray, each day, each moment, each week, throughout the months and throughout the years, God. 
Would you make us one in our uniqueness and in our diversity, I pray. In Christ's name, amen. I invite you today to, to hold out your hands to receive the benediction. Um, may the creative creator God who fashioned each of us in our uniqueness remind us of the great strength we find in the diversity of the body of Christ. Go in the love of Christ this week. Amen.